Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. I'm Ladyboy Gigi, and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> and we're doing our final chapter on our mini-series on sexual issues. We've covered sexual issues for males, females, and now we're working on couples. And tonight's our last episode on this series. We're doing it on negotiation skills and... Improving negotiations. <laughs> and I think that this is a really great thing to tie all of this up with because it's really what we've been talking about the whole time without stating it specifically. Oh, yeah. And negotiations within all relationships, there's got to be some compromise and some Figuring out what's good for the relationship versus what's good for me or partner. Figuring out what's good for them. And so it's really talking about working out what's good for the relationship. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this can relate to any relationship you have. Right now, for the show, we're talking about sexual relationships, but it also extends to any interpersonal relationship, be it a coworker or someone that you cohabitate with, is like 
any kind of relationship that you have with a person, communication and communication skills and negotiation is really at the forefront of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's many things that can happen that can screw up negotiations and can screw up really coming to agreement on things. Mm -hmm. And that's what negotiation is all about, is coming to an agreement. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I, I think one of the problems people run into regularly is that the way they communicate is different than the way that their partner communicates. And it can lead to some misunderstandings. It can lead to, you might think that you are agreeing to one thing, but the thing that you think that you're agreeing to is completely different than what your partner thinks they're agreeing to. And if you don't take the time to really hammer out what it is y'all are both talking about, it can lead to some major problems. And that's where being very specific about what you want to discuss and negotiate is really important. And I know oftentimes in our culture, we don't talk about sex a whole lot. We just kind of jump in and do it. <laughs> but it's important to sit down and talk about, and especially if you're wanting to explore some new forms of sexual expression to really sit down and discuss it and talk specifically about what you desire mm -hmm. and find out what your partner desires. Yeah, and also don't be afraid to, as your partner says something, stop them and have them slow down and explain exactly what they mean instead of both of y'all assuming that you know what the other person is saying. Mm-hmm. And there are some tools that can help. <laughs> and did you want to talk a little bit about the red, yellow, green? Yeah. So one of the things that you can do as a couple is you can sit down and either find a list of different scenarios, different sexual activities, sexual activities that you find erotic. And either you can find an existing list or you can both come up with your own lists. And independently, for things that you are very interested and very open to, you like either put a green dot or write the word green beside things that might take a little more conversation and it's not something you're real excited to, about, but maybe something that you're open to, like writing yellow next to that or, or, or putting a yellow dot, and then things that you know for you are just completely off of the table, either writing the word red or putting a red dot next to those things. And then comparing notes at the end of it and seeing like where you align with your partner. And this is an exercise that's good to do several times and put it aside, save your answers, and then look at it in a few months or maybe even a year, mm -hmm. because I can almost guarantee it's going to change a little bit. Yeah. 
I know that there were things that I was very hesitant about in the beginning, things that really bordered on red for me that I thought I, I wouldn't really get into at all that are now things I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might surprise yourself. So like when you make this list, realize nothing is written in stone, but also listen to your partner. If, if there's something that you're super into that is their red and it's not going to go away, don't keep on hitting your head against the, the brick wall. Like it, it's not somewhere your partner's going to go. And sometimes that's, that's the way things are too. Mm-hmm. And remember that to do this exercise with the perspective that we're working on the relationship, not on just individual needs and wants mm-hmm. and desires and see where things can open up a little bit for the relationship. Also be very honest about the difference between what is a sexual need of yours and what is a sexual desire. Mm -hmm. Because if there is a sexual need that you have that your partner is never going to fulfill and your relationship is such that you can't explore it outside of the relationship, that is going to lead to long-term problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are some alternatives down the road, possibly. Think about different forms of exploring things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you're into, you, you have a desire and really need for exploring BDSM, Look at non-sexual BDSM as a possibility and be open to that. Or or even, I know that I've gotten a lot out of self-BDSM, like inflicting pain on myself. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten really far doing that by myself. (laughs) And that is a thing that is open to you. And fantasies can go a long ways. and. Using fantasy during masturbation can be really hot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and there's all sorts of different arrangements that people have. I know that I've heard of people, like Gigi was saying, non-sexual BDSM. I know that there are people who allow their partner to hire a dominatrix who is very well-trained at the thing that they do, and they charge a lot of money to do it, but there's no sexual contact. And sometimes that's what is necessary in a relationship. And I think it gets back to the kind of myth that, oh, one person can, can fulfill all my needs and is my soulmate, and... Our relationship was destined to be from some cosmic event. No, it doesn't work that way in real mm-hmm. life. I mean, it can to a degree, but no one person can fulfill all my needs and desires. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's got to be some creative explorations mm-hmm. and possibly even negotiations. And and one thing, I don't want to kind of give it false hope, but sometimes a red can later on turn into a yellow mm-hmm. after a few years. Mm-hmm. So it may be that it's might be a possibility down the way down the road, but isn't right now. Yeah, and I mean, also, if there's enough give and take, enough tit for tat, sometimes there's something that's really scary for one partner, and there's something that's really scary for the other partner, but each partner goes outside of their comfort level in about even levels, and the other partner gets the thing that helps them overcome the fear of giving that other thing. And sometimes it just works out where each of y'all is reaching outside of your comfort level and eventually can encompass the other one's needs. And there we're talking a little bit about becoming more vulnerable in your relationship, because relationships do take some vulnerability mm-hmm. for growth and expansion. Mm-hmm. And we're talking from Dr. Patty Britton's book, The Art of Sex Coaching. Mm-hmm. And she gives a lot of good examples and case scenarios that really can help out. We're not just pulling rabbits out of a hat here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This stuff does work if you work at it a bit. Yeah. The thing is, relationships are always complicated. They're always full of twists and turns. I think that this is particularly true of people who are neuroatypical. You know, typically neuroatypical people find each other. And it takes a lot of working through everything that you are, everything that your partner is, and everything that the combination of you are to, like, get through some of the big things, but can help in in a lot of ways. And there's some other tools that can help out. One tool that I found really helpful was the program I designed called the Erotic Body Map and exploring your body and exploring what you do like through masturbation first and then mapping it out and having your partner do it the same and then sharing y'all's body maps. Mm-hmm. And it can really kind of help open the lines of communication because what we're all seeking in a relationship is sexual pleasure. And, and then another thing that is really, really powerful is doing mutual masturbation and watching your partner. And when you watch your partner get off, don't just watch for the titillation it gives you, but you should also watch for that, but really observe how they are moving their hand over their genitals. 
because it teaches you the way that they like to please themselves, the way they like to be pleased. And if you mimic that the next time you play with them, it will go a lot further and it will really help them get to the places they seek out on their own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what are some of the other things Dr. Patty covered on negotiation skills? <laughs> so one of the things that Patty goes into is the five areas of negotiation. Like, first of all, you have to ask for what you want. And both partners need to ask for what they want. And this can be difficult. Sometimes people have a hard time speaking up for themselves or they're timid or things like that. There is a lot of stigma around certain sexual activities. Yes. And in sex-negative culture, we tend to frown and look down on things that are pleasurable and bring pleasure to each other. So just having the courage to just ask, because if you never ask, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, and you might surprise yourself. A lot of times people think that their partner is going to be shocked or turned off by it like you, what you desire, but you might find out that is something they really desire too. Okay. And then uh, the, the, the second area of negotiation that Patty talks about is setting realistic expectations. And I think this one is important because a lot of times we have been fed an unrealistic view of what life is going to be, what the world is going to be like, and that extends to our relationships. Like, especially if you look at the Hollywood model, you know, it's supposed to be happily ever after, but they never say anything about, like, working and rent and children and all of those things. So setting realistic expectations, not only of your partner, but of yourself as well. Because I think sometimes people like wind up having a lot of issues that come out of them not meeting their own expectations either. Mm -hmm. When they're trying to compare themselves to the way things look like in the movies or in fiction and not... Uh, or even porn. Yeah, or, or porn, porn. is often misleading because it gives ideas of things that just don't really work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I think that that's an, another area that it's important... So to to be realistic not with not just with our partners but with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I can say this, oftentimes when we have fantasies, we can do things in fantasy that are just not real don't lend themselves too well to reality. Mm -hmm. And so getting unrealistic expectations just 
thinking, oh, I want to experience this fantasy in real life. Mm -hmm. That may be something that's, for whatever reason, whether it's muscle control or being physically fit well enough, it may not be realistic. Mm -hmm. Now, this one's kind of the counterbalance to that one, is going outside of your comfort zone. Because that the relationship, that's also important. A lot of times, things that you wind up being really into are things that you're hesitant about in the beginning. And also, if your partner has a desire that you don't feel morally bad about, but seems completely outside of your your experience if you want to like try to fulfill your partner's desires it might take going outside of your comfort zone and i know like with me and the training that i've gone through there were things that stayed outside of my comfort zone for a little while that I grew to to really enjoy and really love. I I would suggest even if it feels a little awkward the first three times, as long as it doesn't make you feel bad, as long as it doesn't trigger you in in negative ways, it's still worth trying out that thing that you're really still on the fence about. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say that there are certain sexual acts that we're not familiar with. And so oftentimes there's either fear or just kind of hesitancy around what's unfamiliar. And sometimes you just have to make something more familiar before you can really delve into the pleasures and really get into how your body's responding to it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've I've found a lot of fulfillment in in like fulfilling fantasies that I'm not actually really actively into. But when I see the joy that it gives my partners, it gives me a lot of fulfillment in seeing that they enjoy it, even if the act itself doesn't really do anything for me. That was number four. Uh, uh, that, that's number three. Three. Okay, so another really important one, and this is one that comes up all the time in BDSM, is overcoming power struggles. Mm-hmm. And power dynamics can be very hard to navigate if you're not familiar with how they work. And that's where I learned so much through BDSM, first as a sub and then as a dom, that working with power dynamics can be a lot of fun, especially through role play. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can become more familiar with it. But the thing is, when you're doing it on purpose, it can be really helpful. But when there's 
power dynamic in place that isn't serving the relationship and isn't intentional that can really cause a lot of pain mm-hmm. and destruction <laughs> and destruction yeah but it's also not an unsurmountable thing you know that is like you, you can overcome it but it takes understanding what you're doing and being willing to look at the power struggle and like what it is like what's causing the power struggle and what effect it's having in the relationship mm-hmm. then the final one is, uh, so, oh, did you want to say more on power struggles? Uh, I, so one thing that I do think is obligatory when we're talking about this, sometimes there are very, very toxic power struggles that mm. probably like no one should have to put up with. If you think that you are a part of a toxic relationship, it is best to seek the most, the safest way out of it that you can. And sometimes... Or can, get into counseling. Definitely getting getting into counseling is a good thing. But, <laughs> but sometimes power struggles can get so toxic that so you toxic. need to find a way out of them. Mm-hmm. I'd like to also say on power dynamics, it gets back to serving the relationship as well as each person in the relationship. Relationships are about both parties getting something good out of it, not one just getting everything and the other nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's one of the reasons why BDSM power dynamics can work help like very well when when they are done right and when they're done in a healthy way because each person who is part of the dynamic is getting something and everyone involved is aware of the the dynamic that's happening and that's another area that can be very helpful for couples that are having problems with power dynamics is go through a BDSM interest evaluation and then negotiate your scene even in a non-BDSM way. Mm -hmm. And that gives you some tools to work with to help work through the power dynamics in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then the last negotiation area that Patty Britton describes is compromising, which ties all of this together. It is getting down to brass tacks, and I think that when it comes to compromising, like you need to be aware of what each other's needs are and what each other's wants are, and Try to find the best way that works for both of you to address both people's 
needs first and then wants second. Yeah. And it is good to, I mean, part of a sexual relationship is bringing pleasure to each other. And I think part of that is finding some areas that you can compromise on to, and having your partner compromise on some of theirs mm-hmm. so that you bring each other more pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that when you are focused on the wants and desires of the partner and both people do that and are willing to come together, it can really, really help pretty much every relationship grow and and get better. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into this after station break, but boy, the time flies by. We're already to station break. And guess what? We have a new website, and I've got it, the address on the in the description i forget it right offhand it's brand new but you can put leave comments you can check out our shows and forget what all's on the site there's areas to for guests that want to be on the show and we will be having some guests soon that they can leave some information for the audience to check out the bios and photos and all kinds of information about our guests. So in the future, when we do have new guests, we'll have them fill out the guest form before we do the show, and you can find out all the background information of our guests. We also have ravenslayerleather.com. It's my main website, one of my main websites. And there you can find out about our new training program coming in January and sign up. It's going to be free. We do ask for donations if you're able to give something for it. But we're going to be taking on different training video films and going through them and then discussing them after we go through the training. And there'll be handouts and worksheets and MP3s to listen to for guided meditations and other things. So I think it's going to be a really amazing journey if any of y'all want to join in and really dive deep. And our first topic's going to be on body image healing. Anything you want to add to that? So you can also visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ladyboygg. It's a way that we can help pay for all of the different things that it takes to put on the show. So far, we've been doing it on our own, and it would really help us if we could get a few d- donations. You can donate whatever you feel comfortable with, so be it a dollar a month or $10 a month or anything of that nature. But that site again is p- 
patreon.com forward slash ladyvoidgg. I think that with that, it's probably back to the topic. Well, one other thing before we go back to our topic, we also have my sex coaching website, which is ggwilber.com. And there you can either sign up for sex coaching or learn more about what sex coaching is all about. And it can be very helpful. Then we're back from station break. Back to our topic. And we've been talking about negotiation skill issues with couples. And there's some excellent tools that can be very helpful. I have the BDSM interest evaluation, which can be used for non-BDSM because there's a part of it that covers sexual issues and sexual activities. And so it can be a good tool to use to identify what you want and what you desire. And I highly recommend exploring this on your own first through Mm -hmm. masturbation. Find out what parts of your body really enjoy pleasure mm-hmm. and what really gets you turned on. Yeah. And I I think to to that end, one of the the things that I I did in training that I think was very important to me was starting a daily practice of raising sexual energy and learning how my body ticked and learning what felt good and feels good. I, I, I also think that being honest about what it is that you actually desire, because I think a lot of times people have like what they're supposed to do stuck in their head versus what they want. And a lot of times, like especially... Women are often culturated to be more giving and more, you know, service oriented. And, and boys are culturated to take what they want and be more the receivers of pleasure. And I think that oftentimes it happens that a guy will want to serve more than receive and a girl might want to receive more than give but they both are stuck in this mind frame that like the thing that they really want is counter to the the training they've been given and there's not a right or wrong to all this it's what brings pleasure and what where you can really take off and connect and bond at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot on the show about tantric techniques and and doing some breathing exercises mm-hmm. together and really connecting at a deeper level. And I think that works really well before you get into negotiations too deeply to form those bonds mm-hmm. and connections. So you start out in a place that's really well-balanced and and connected versus me versus them. One thing that I'd like to go into a little bit is from our own experience. And when I first started working with Paul, I did a complete BDSM interest evaluation with him. 
And I know that went really far in building trust between us because we were on the same page on what he liked, what he didn't like, mm -hmm. what was kind of a gray area that we needed to explore a little deeper. And it gave us some insights. And I wasn't going, I think part of what's really great about doing an evaluation or even just exploring with each other is that it gets you on the same page. Mm -hmm. It gets you to where you know you're not working in the dark. And it's like in our culture, we get no sex education. Mm -hmm. And so we're really king in the dark most of the time until yeah. we sit down and communicate. Mm -hmm. And part of it is first discover what turns you on mm -hmm. so you can communicate that to your partner mm -hmm. and then do so. Do the erotic body map together mm -hmm. and find out what you desire. Yeah. And then once you figure all that out for each of you individually, then you get into the negotiation phase. Mm -hmm. And that there is a process to this. It's not just mm -hmm. something that comes out of the hat, so to speak. Yeah, It's a process that's proven to work, and it works so well. Mm -hmm. And, and some, sometimes it might seem scary to go through it. But if you go through it together and you are both honest, it can be a really strong bonding moment to like work through that fear with your partner. Sometimes it takes a lot of courage to tell your partner what you really want. And would you like to share a little bit about when we did the BDSM interest evaluation, what kind of stood out for you? Yeah. So when I did the BDSM interest evaluation with Gigi. I had already known Gigi for a while, so there was not that much that I felt was new or a shock to him. But honestly, like going through the whole thing really like set me off on a very, like I felt safe. One of the things that with me and Gigi since BDSM is a very strong part of what we do together. One of the things he told me about later, didn't tell me about right away, was that if he ever introduced something that was a surprise to me during a scene, it would be in one of the areas that I either was like enthusiastic or very enthusiastic about. It was never something that was going to be a challenge for me. We did cover some of the challenging areas, but those always happened within times that he told me, like, tonight we're going to do something challenging, and he would tell me what I was going to go through. So I was able to get a surprise happy experienced being surprised by things that he already knew I would be excited about. But nothing was sprung on me that was a serious thing that was scary for me to go through. And it made it a lot easier when the times came up that he said, tonight's going to be challenging. We're going to go 
to one of the places that is a little scary for you. Like, I knew that I was safe because I knew that nothing that would be like that would be sprung on me. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the process. It's building that trust, communicating, and then negotiating and discovering, oh, what what really gets me hard? <laughs> what gets me turned on? And that can be so good for, especially if you've been caught in a rut and your sex life is kind of, you know, in that area where it's not spectacular anymore. Well, this can add some really amazing things to your sex life. I know that through some of my studies in sexology, one of the things came up that one of the deep needs of all human beings is to be challenged once in a while. If we're not challenged, we're not growing. And although sometimes we don't want challenges, it's really part of the human experience. And especially with sex, challenge adds that body electric. It adds that extra element that really takes you from being in the mundane to really being way up there and really growing and, and vibrant. It charges us up in a way. Another thing that is important to realize in all of that, this is sometimes the, the thing that our partner wants isn't even a, a difficult thing. It's just not something that we immediately think of mm -hmm. if your partner's go-to thing is playing with your nipples and you don't have a lot of nipple stimulation but like maybe your thighs are where it's at maybe play with your neck maybe experiment with butt stuff like who knows what it is it could be such a small little change that doesn't seem like that big a shift in what you're doing but it can make all of the difference mm -hmm. and when you discover that because a lot of times people get used to having sex based on one or two of their very first partners and then, like, they develop their go-to <laughs> pattern, and they don't change it. But that's not the way humans are built. Every single person's body works differently. What really, really turns you on is not going to be the same as what turns on another partner. But also... There are a lot of things in common. If you learn lots of tricks with lots of different people, you can generally find something that is serviceable at the very least. Yeah. And also, if you're kind of clueless on what really turns you on, one of my training programs that I developed is raising sexual energy and learning how to 
work with that kundalini energy, learning how to do breath work, and really learning how to awaken the sexual body. Mm -hmm. I go through all that in raising sexual energy, and that can be very powerful to mm -hmm. not only the relationship, but to each individual. Yeah. Because I know Paul was surprised when I put him through some of the training, and he mm -hmm. goes, wow, my sex life went from 10 to 1,000 overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's crazy because I, I deal with a lot of chronic pain. I deal with a lot of bad feelings in my body. And before I started working with Gigi, I just had really negative like connotations of my body. It was just a site of pain but when i started working with Gigi and learning how to really really please myself really really get everything fired up it didn't make that pain go away but all of a sudden i had so many experiences of exquisite feeling in my body and i was able to really love my body in ways that I never was able to before. We will probably be doing a Raising Sexual Energy for our webinars coming up. We're starting with body image healing training, and we'd like to hear your feedback. What would you like us to put on? Because I'm totally open to doing all kinds of different free trainings, webinars. Mm-hmm. Explore these things. Let us know what you desire. Let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about on this show, because we're totally open. If we don't know the answer, I know tons of experts where I can find the answer. So on our next area, I'd like to kind of introduce this topic of really coming to terms with sex in a sex-negative culture. I think for me, I started asking this question, do I really want to do what's the should-be's or what other people think I should do? Or do I want to live my life and really find a better way? And that's part of why I do this show is I think there is a, well, I know there's a better way. I've discovered it. And with the sex-negative culture, we don't get a good education. I had to learn things the hard way. And that's part of why I do this show, is to bring this information to people, because I want to create a more sex-positive world. And I think that's part of this whole process, is discovering how to have relationships that take us to states of ecstasy we never even dreamed possible. And all that's possible because I've learned a lot through tantric arts and through the Taoist genital massage and through breathing techniques to take sex to this whole nother level. That's It's kind of like in Star Trek, they say the final frontier is space. Well, I think the final frontier is sex. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're living in the dark ages when it comes to sex. 
And so this is part of the negotiation process is discovering for ourselves what does take me to that state of ecstasy? What does take me to that higher state of consciousness? And by practicing daily erotic time with yourself, you're giving yourself all the good chemicals in your body. You're raising your serotonin, your dopamine, your all those feel-goods. And it helps combat against depression. It gives you a sparkle in your eye. Well, we're coming to the top of the hour, and I'd like to share a little bit about my journey. I know when I first started out, I was like a normal teenager wanting to explore my body, and I learned about masturbation, and it was good. And for several years, I masturbated, and it was not something I went real deep into, but it was, sex was good. Then I discovered some things, how to raise sexual energy at higher levels and how to take myself to a deeper state of ecstasy and how to really take off with sex. And I studied Tantra and a lot of different ancient arts and sexuality in cultures that weren't so sex negative, that were much more sex positive. And when I learned certain techniques, it's like transformed my life. It was so amazing. And then I started meeting partners, and it took sitting down and really opening the door to the, all this with a partner and saying, hey, do you want to go on an amazing journey with me? And... With all my partners, I've taken them to greater heights of sexual experience. And I think that's part of what negotiation's all about, is opening that door to taking ourselves to amazing places. It's amazing what you can discover, what I've discovered in my body, what turns me on. And it's... It is. It was a scary journey at first. I was doing something new, something kind of forbidden. But, I, oh, it was so amazing. But any last thoughts, Paul? Yeah. I know for me, you know, my process was a little bit different. I got really good with my hands and my mouth because when I first started having sex, I had a big problem with premature ejaculation. And so I knew that by the time I started having sex, the, the part with my penis was going to be over in a couple of minutes. What I did in the beginning was I would get my partner off one to three times, and then I would have sex and then I would get off really quickly and then that's what sex was for me for a long time and then I started working with Gigi and started doing kegels and I started learning how to move my sexual energy around and not keep all of my sexual energy in my genitals and I learned how to 
have sex. <laughs> and then when I started doing that, it went from coming in a minute or two to having periods where I would be eating out my partner and going down on them. And then, and then we would have sex for a while and then either I would come or I wouldn't. And then I'd go back to doing oral and fingering. And then we would make a joke. We would laugh. We would watch cartoons and have a snack, drink some water, go back to it and, and do that for several hours and my sex life went from me doing a lot to get my partner off and then me getting off in a couple of minutes to a, a full day experience of just having sex and it really changed my life mm-hmm. and on that note we're at the end of another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Enjoy the pleasures of the flesh. They can be so delicious and so amazing. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.